was going to get my leg amputated. Uh, but you have a <laughs> rocking beard, Omar. I was addicted to opiates. He was like, he was excited that I asked. You know, he's kind of a secret, uh, but everybody knows him. If it wasn't for marijuana, I, I probably would be buying pills off the street. Feels so much better as a person to give than to receive. Butterscotch, warm, melty brownie. Rise back and he has goodies. Goodies. So many goodies. <laughs> Where were you, man? Everywhere. I was all over the place. But uh, it was a fun trip, man. It was almost three weeks long. And that's why we took a, a short break here. But my first stop, what do you think the, the cannabis industry is like in Phoenix, Arizona? Awesome. Uh, that's all you got? Awesome? I bet it's maybe more complex than the com- uh, cannabis industry in Maine. Have you thought about it before? Because it was, it was never even on my radar. I've never even thought about it until this exact moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on, on Instagram a couple weeks ago. I had this trip coming up. I was going to be in St. Louis, in Los, uh, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, San Francisco, all over the place. And someone named Weed Perfect, at Weed Perfect on Instagram, sent me a message. Hey, we're having this 10, 10K party at a dispensary in Arizona, and we're inviting different cannabis influencers with 10,000 followers, and we want to just put together this party and really showcase what Arizona and what Phoenix cannabis culture looks like. I said, I, you know, that's, that's going to be tough, but why not? You know me. I say yes to everything. That sounds cool. So... I figured it out, was able to get in, flew in like Friday at three. I think the party started at four and flew out the next morning at eight, but was a quick turnaround. I'm so glad I did it though, because there's just, there's no way to put it into words how cool it was, but also what an experience. I mean, this, this society, if you will, had everybody from... 18, 19, 20, 21 years old activists, you know, people advocating for medical cannabis all the way up to late seventies. And one individual that was like celebrating like 82nd or 83rd, you know, year of, uh, of being in Arizona and just a fantastic community there. And I'll tell you also have 10,000 followers. Oh, I had to. I mean, oh God, yeah, so there funny. there were so there were so many cool personalities. But there was one person and I have to share it with you, Matt. I have to share it with the audience. We we were talking, I was with a, a group of people. I was it was really cool, it was special. You know, they they know how to make a guy feel special. I was on a few different podcasts out in Arizona. And was taking a break between them and just started up a conversation and just a bunch of personalities. And this gentleman who goes by Omar MMJ beard, best beard ever, best beard you've ever seen the best starts talking five minutes into him talking. I'm like, shut up. Don't talk to me. And I start walking away like a weirdo, (laughs) but I mean, what was coming out of this gentleman's mouth and we're going to hear it today I just I I wanted the first time hearing this being the first time that everybody hears this 
because this guy's just got such an amazing story. So I want to start with that. I'm going to introduce Omar and let him tell us how he got into cannabis. So I was in a motorcycle accident, uh, 2013, um, where I actually was going to get my leg amputated. Um, so I got, you know, tip, fib, compound fracture, nerves, muscle, I mean, it was just a mess. And, um, I had three, uh, opinions. All of them said that my leg wouldn't work, but they could save it. I was in my late twenties. I said, I do not want my, uh, uh, a leg that doesn't fully work. So I was like, yeah, the prosthetics were amazing. I've seen what they can do. Let's, you know, let's do away with this thing. And so, um, and I'm sorry, I said 2012, it was 2003. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, I was like, I'd like to think I'm 30 some years old. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, after all the, all that happened, I had six surgeries over two years back to back. As soon as I got better and healed up, they cut me back down again, cut me back open. Obviously after two and a half years or so, I was addicted to opiates. Um, and when it was done, it was time to get winged off. I wasn't handling it. Okay. My doctor is the one that pulled me into his office, closed his door and said, look, I'm going to tell you this. You didn't hear it from me, and I'll take it to the grave. But if you have access to cannabis, could you please get some? And he explained to me. He ran down everything for me, the whole addiction and what I'm going to feel step by step. I feel like you can't breathe, shortness of breath. You're going to sweat. You're going to feel anxiety. You're going to feel like you want to jump out of the window. He goes, and when you feel that, you take that joint, you take two or three hits off of it, and go lay down. And wow. I was pissed. I was pissed. I was very mad. I'm not a pothead. I don't smoke weed. I haven't smoked weed since I was in junior high school. I don't smoke weed. I don't want it. I need pills. This hurts. And he goes, it doesn't hurt. It's mental. You're done, Omar. We're not giving you any more pills. And go find yourself some weed. That's well, exactly what he told me. Good and, for him because there's so many other doctors out there, right? Where, you know, it, pain management is, is, you know, kind of number one. Yes. That's a, that's a goal for them. Yeah. And, you know, he recognized early some kind of telltale signs that this could get worse. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was just, it was just awesome. Um, you know, so I, I was pissed off and again, my, my little brother, <laughs> I knew him to be a pothead and uh, he was way, he's 10 years younger than me. And so I kind of felt weird coming to my, you know, my 17 year old brother when I was in my late twenties, um, you know, that, that uh, I needed some pot. And <laughs> he was like, he was excited that I asked him for, it. he's like, we could have been chilling a long time ago, big bro. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I, I took it and um, I did exactly what he told me to do. And everything that he told me was going to happen was a hundred times worse than what he said it was going to happen. Sure. And um, I, I, that's the only thing I, I knew. I, I knew this in a doctor's thank God, if it wasn't, for, uh, you know, marijuana, let's be honest, I, I probably would be buying pills off the street. I sure. probably would have been doing some real ugly, horrible things that I see everybody go that everybody's doing with this whole epidemic that's going on with these opiates. I mean, it's a crisis and it's ridiculous. You know, so at first when I started in the cannabis industry, I was kind of shy and I would always kind of keep to myself. I was kind of we call it the cannabis closet is what we call it. Like, you know, yes. don't tell our people, you know, I've been in finance and mortgage and expansion and branding and marketing for 20 years. I've God forbid they know that I smoke weed for medicinal purposes, you know? And right. I, I was always very quiet about that. Um, and literally it, that I probably this year, um, I just started converting my Facebook, uh, uh professional, uh, to adding my cannabis professional people on there. So um, I'm being a lot open now and a lot of people do know. So that's why the charities that I'm holding, kind of what you overheard when I was sitting there today. And by the way, by since we've been talking, I just got a call from the state commander 
um, that all the VFWs in Arizona actually nominated this specific post that needs work done. So I am just completely ecstatic that the state altogether all nominated a specific post. So they told them, they asked me if I wanted to come at the state level at a different angle. I said, no. I said, I'm Omar. I am known as MMJ Beard in Arizona in the cannabis industry. <laughs> because you do. We'll, we'll make sure there's a photo on, on the website. Uh, but you have a rocking beard, Omar. <laughs> Thanks, brother. So, and I told him, I was like, this is what they know me as. And we're the cannabis industry. And I'm raising money so we can fix your outpost. And that's what you need to tell them. Instead of before, I'd be like, well, you know, just tell them we're just trying to donate. No, I'm now I'm outspoken, you know, because if we're doing this change as a cannabis industry and all these big corporate conglomerates aren't doing anything at all, why not? All I'm trying to do is just shake some trees and, you know, ruffle some feathers and create just little ripples in the water saying that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that can do better and that that just it feels so much better as a person to give than to receive or to help than to be you know what i mean and i don't i'm not rich. i have this little tiny platform in this cannabis industry in arizona and i use it to the max everything that i can do good for i'm going to use that platform and that's what i'm doing that's what the events that i do all the charity stuff that i do i just want to utilize this little tiny platform that i call you know my my canna family is what we call it we are so tight knit it's a big industry but I mean, what you saw at Dom Life was for 10K, you know, for was for Weed Perfect. And, um, you know, Weed Perfect's part of Dope Squad. And really cool what Mary Jane Sportswear did with that. And, um, you know, JP and Zach put this whole thing together with Dope Squad. And that's what Weed Perfect was. And a lot of the people that you saw uh, there at the party was uh, a part of Dope Squad. And we well, call ourselves that. And yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It, well, no, I just, I, I want to break this down for the listeners a little bit. So I show up. And uh, Weed Perfect is uh, just exactly what you would think of this gentleman, right? Like he's just, you know, he's kind of a secret, uh, but everybody knows him. And so I walk into Dom Life and I say, hey, I'm Rye, I'm here. Um, You know, and they're like, oh, you must be here for Weed Perfect. He's in the back. And so I go to the back, I find him, and we start, you know, just great conversation. Then next thing I know, there's like 16 other people and just I'm meeting everybody. And uh, then, you know, the night kicks off and there's this fashion show, which it goes back to uh, the, the smokeware brand that, that you mentioned. And, and at this party, this, there's everybody from, you know, people that are, are clearly just getting into uh, cannabis culture to I mean, people in their 60s and 70s that had <laughs> uh, lines out and, uh, you know, they, like part of this fashion show and comedy show. And this was a true event. And everybody there, like here I am, this outsider from, from across the country, and I was embraced and I was accepted. And at any time that I was like on the outskirts, there was always somebody there. Uh, you know, Corey, what you and I were talking to once the fashion show started, invited me to the front. And so it was really special. And I never would have known just how deeply rooted that the, the entire kind of, let's call it a society there. And so I'm meeting all of these fantastic people. And I mean, there was vendors there that, you know, made great edibles and uh, the fashion show and comedy and music. And you really got to see so many amazing creative minds there. And then fast forward, you and I start talking and you start telling me about some of these charity events that, that you're holding and within this community. So do you mind kind of breaking down some of those events and some of the causes that you focused on? 
Yeah. So um, I did a, a, a back to school backpack drive. Um, and what I did there with that is I went around to dispensaries and asked for permission to put a big bin in their, in their lobby. And uh, I was going to raise uh, um, school supplies. Um, and then I was going to buy a bunch of backpacks. And I, I got a, a restaurant, uh, Maya, Maya New York Pizza is, is the place um, that always lets me use their venue. I mean, I have access to their entire restaurant, kitchen, everything. And this guy is just a blessing to me. And he's helped me out with so many of my events. But um, yeah, so we, we held it there. And um, I went to the dispensaries. I, I, I've got to know a lot of the owners. They've gotten to know me, you know, for just for little things like this that I do. So the backpack event went great. We give out 600 backpacks to kids. The place was jam-packed. I had a, a, a music artist, a hip-hop artist, uh, Sincerely Collins, a really dear friend of mine that also helps me with a lot of these charity events. He goes out and performs for kids, and he goes out and just performs in general. He's just a phenomenal artist. Um, so we did that. Um, I had some CBD companies come out so they can talk to parents about CBD and how it can help their kids during the first couple of weeks of, of school, the transition, you know, they're nervous, anxiety, they can't sleep and all this other stuff. And CBD just has remarkable, you know, medical benefits. So, you know, so I did that backpack event and then I did a, uh, um, another charity event in Tucson. I was a part of with Green Med and Purple Med Dispensary out there. And we were uh, notified that the school districts in Tucson were not feeding kids anymore when they were negative in their account. And that, I, 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 I lost it. I was like, how are we feeding these guys three meals in prison and these kids are getting turned away because they don't have money? I was done with that. And we went to Tucson, we created uh, an event we started raising money to kind of help with uh, with that negative balance that the Tucson School District has. So we can just try to prevent that as much as possible. Um, and we did that. And the same thing, Sincerely Collins gains out. He performs. We have booths, venues. People come out. The vendors are awesome in our industry. Um, and we raised some money. And, and, and we did exactly that. And, um, you know, and actually, I think those two dispensaries are still have dedicated themselves to raising money for the Tucson School District to be able to bring down that that lunch deficit that they have. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, for Thanksgiving, I used Maya New York Pizza again. He gave me the whole restaurant, kitchen, employees, everything. I ran around and collected food, and we went and we fed the homeless on Thanksgiving Day. Or not? I shouldn't say the homeless. I apologize. Anybody who needed a warm meal and a place to hang out, they were sure. there. And so we did that, you know, we had some uh, interview by News Channel 10, Fox 10. And so we're like, we're, I'm starting to get some movement now. And some people are starting to see what we're doing. And so, and now that it's becoming more socially acceptable and, you know, people are kind of seeing that, you know, we're just not a bunch of potheads. And we do use it for medicinal reasons. And, you know, we are good people. And, you know, so I, I've done that. And so now that brings me to my birthday event now is this one here. Um, so what we're going to be again... Uh, uh, what we talked about earlier, we're, we're just going to be refacing, giving it a facelift uh, uh, of a VFW outpost for our veterans. So, and that's just another thing, you know, kids and veterans are like soft spots for me. And, um, you know, and so when I just started driving around and noticing over the, over the years that a lot of these VFWs don't get any, they don't get taken care of. And some of them get pushed to the side, funds not there, and, you know, or they just don't really get the attention they need. And I feel, you know, for especially the VFW, it's our, it's, it's our veterans of foreign wars, and they actually went to war. They actually were in action. And so for us to push that aside and just the place of camaraderie not get fixed up to where they're comfortable and can actually hang out just kind of bothered me a bit, too. So, 
yeah, so they all state level nominated a specific post that gets to be refaced. And uh, we're doing an ultimate basket raffle at midnight um, for my birthday on New Year's Eve. Um, and we have just tons of vendors statewide, um, you know, just contributing to this big ultimate basket that we're hoping to get, you know, five plus thousand dollars for. Um, there's a big MSRP on it. Uh, the, the, you know, again, the community just responds so well to us. And so, you know, ticket sales have been good and we're, we're thinking we're going to do a, a pretty good facelift on this, on this VFW outpost. So those are the few things I got a few more working for, you know, uh, Q1 and Q2 of next year. Um, but yeah, this is what I do. That's fantastic. That's so special. And, and thank you for doing that. No problem at all. I mean, that this, like I said, this is, this is what, makes me feel good. I'm not a millionaire and I'm not rich or famous or anything, but you know, the fact that I can actually make changes. And I know when I was young, a lot of people I sort of don't know my story is, you know, it just takes one little thing to, to change in your life um, or to realize or to see or somebody to mentor you. Just one little thing is, is can make a huge ripple effect in your life. And, um, and it happened to me. So I try to do it to as many kids and as many people as I can and just to see if, you know, if I can help one person that I'm, I'm solid and I don't want to try to say cliche or anything. So I know everybody says that if I can help one person, but I really, really, I talk to everybody. I give everybody my entire heart, my head and, you know, and, and that's just kind of who I am. Well, you can tell. I mean, the, the passion was obviously the, the very first thing that, that I noticed about you. Now, tell us a little bit about, you know, now, like, how did, how did you get into the cannabis industry and what are you doing within that? You know, obviously you're doing so many great things as the, you know, the kind of outreach from the cannabis industry. But tell us a little bit about your work there. Recently, I, I just started with the, the mint dispensary. Um, they're a very well-established and known dispensary here in Arizona, and they are actually moving into uh, multiple states. And um, so I, I took, kind of took over, again, what I was saying. I, I, I do branding and marketing and expansion and exposures and all that other stuff. So uh, the Mint reached out to me, and uh, they wanted me to come on board and, and help them with two of the brands that they have. And uh, Sofa King is the one that you're talking about. And it's actually Sofa, just like the Sofa you sit on, and a King. Of uh, course. You say that, but, but if you say them together really quick... Um, and you add the word tasty on it, it's, it's, it's so fucking tasty, right? So, (laughs) so, so we have a few things and the one that you're specifically talking about is our reverse s'mores and that thing, I can tell you being in the industry this long and seeing and tasting edibles, um, I am so glad they asked me to come do this, man, because those reverse, I'm not a sweet guy. I don't like sweets at all, but those reverse s'mores are phenomenal. They're a (laughs) hundred milligrams. They, everybody who sees them come out of the packaging, they're like, oh my gosh, it looks like the picture. And you know, things don't look like the picture in the front. <laughs> it, it looks so good. So it was funny. You had sent me uh, Sofa King Tasties, uh, some photos of the Rice Krispie Buds and the reverse s'more. There must be a, a theme to s'mores because while on uh, my, my journey the last few weeks, I had a stopover in Denver and one of the companies that I was meeting with took me out to this nice local restaurant. And most, I think, you know, just about everything there is is made from scratch. And they had this s'more dessert. It was a butterscotch, warm, melty brownie uh, with homemade marshmallow. I, the first time I had ever had homemade marshmallow, it was like golden brown and warm and a side of ice cream with chocolate sauce. So, you know, to really paint a, a word picture for you, 
It that's was. Food porn, buddy. That is food porn right there. That's a lot of picture. <laughs> it, oh, I, I, I didn't even think about it. I was so focused and ingrained in this. I'll have to have them send me a photo of it because it is just out of this world. Uh, but awesome. when I, that s'more that you had, that you had sent me, I was just like, I need to grab one of those. So the next time I'm in Arizona, we'll have to be sure to link up. Yeah, absolutely. Or send me your address and I'll send you a non-medicated. Can't wait to I got try you. it. I got oh, you. Oh man, I'm, I'm going to put that s'more. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love you, dude. We'll talk I got soon. You, brother. Love you too, man. All right. Take care, take, brother. Take care. Talk about a guy crushing the stigma around the cannabis industry. 100%. He gives it, he gives it his all. And what I liked about Omar and almost his existence is all gratitude. It's all giving back. And he mentions in there how, you know, after his motorcycle accident, he was on the opioids and his doctor recognized some of those signs and told him to explore cannabis. And so I think this is one of those ways where, you know, he kind of maybe looked down. He mentioned some of his siblings use cannabis, but he personally didn't have much experience with it. And so once he had to, when once he really needed the product, which I think a lot of us might kind of be in that same boat where, you know, for so long, this is, this isn't a product that we wanted. This isn't, you know, a, a medicine until it is. And then we realize that there's all this huge community and, and you don't have to do it alone. And so you're right. He's crushing the stigma. He's giving back and he's just part of a culture in Phoenix and in Arizona where they're really building an industry. They're not just jumping into it as entrepreneurs or as consumers. They are advocating and they're building. And I, I absolutely loved it. Right. That's so cool, man. And I love to see some of those same things happening here in Portland in, in a different way, you know, we have uh, hopefully recreational cannabis coming in the spring of 2020, which will be super cool. Who are some other cool people that you met at this influencer event out in Phoenix? There were so many. There was uh, another podcast that that I was on, the the Hippie Chronicles, and they've got a clothing brand, uh, Hippie Life, K Benjamin Photos. What just he and his team and, and Jordan over there, they were a riot. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the Corey story, amazing individual. She had, she had reached out. She was, you know, one of the, the members on the, uh, on the Instagram communications about the event. And she really reached out to me and, and made me feel a part of the culture there. So there was, you know, a couple times, you know, I'm the, I'm the odd one out. I definitely set the record for longest journey to get there, <laughs> right. but I, but I was never alone, not one minute. And, Great. you know, everybody made me feel not just welcome, but a part of, of their culture. And, you know, cool. Mar- there was a, another clothing line there, Mary Jane Smokewear. They put on a fashion show. It was incredible. I mean, they had men's and female apparel, and they're just, it's all about living an active cannabis lifestyle. And so there are so many more, but those just, just to name a few, but real, real big shout out to, uh, to Arizona and the Phoenix cannabis industry. It's, it's a culture. It's a culture full of CBD infused, cannabis infused brownies and, butterscotch treats 
Um, your, your journey through the Western side of the U S led you to Phoenix for this awesome influencer event. And now you're moving onward and where are you going? So our next conversation is, is going to be with black dog led. And so I really hope that everybody tunes in for that because this is a gentleman, Kevin Fender, who uh, owns this business out in Denver. It'll blow your mind. I've never met anybody that can make science of lights fun. So be sure to tune in next time. Until then, puff, puff, peace. Awesome. Uh, That's all you got? Awesome.